Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can email me, eric, E-R-I-C-K, at theresurgent.com. Oh, we got a ton of news, and I need to start with the Gina Haspel nomination. Um, it is very interesting to hear all of this talk in the last year about how we got to support more women. We, we need women here. We need women there. We need women everywhere. And Gina Haspel shows up as the president's nominee to be the CIA director. She is the first woman to be seriously considered for the CIA director's chair, the top intelligence job in the United States, really. I mean, the director of national intelligence is more of a figurehead. Um, and she is being savaged by by women in the Senate and by outside left-wing feminist groups uh, for collaborating in torture, which isn't true. Uh, and all sorts of things. And she is a 33 career veteran, 33 year career veteran of the CIA. For 32 years, she has been in the clandestine service or in charge of the clandestine service. She's a spy. She knows the CIA. She is highly qualified. And she was called into action after 9-11. And in Democrats, some Republicans, Rand Paul especially, are very interested in what she did and did not do. I want to play you some audio. Uh, this is Haspel speaking earlier today to the U.S. Senate. And, and for the record, if you, if you have your staff checked, Mr. Rizzo has issued a correction. Um, it, is, it is true that it is hard for Excuse in a me, secret my understanding that, that is not accurate recently confirmed that it was you no he issued a correction um, when people write books uh, I didn't read mr. Rizzo's book so I didn't even know that was out there uh, mr. Rizzo and, and actually I read about it in the Washington Post last night Eric Wemple I believe wrote a story talking about the failure to for of certain organizations to correct their facts and that was one of them and he noted that mr rizzo about ten days ago he was wrong he didn't fact check and that has been corrected i would never even served okay. in that department or nor was i the head of it now what that is all about is an allegation from a book that was written after 9 11 that has lingered out there that she was in charge of overseeing a division that engaged in torture 
And not only did she deny it, the author has come out and corrected himself, and Diane Feinstein hadn't heard about the correction. Um, one of the other issues she's being attacked over is that she helped destroy records within the CIA during an investigation. The inspector general of the CIA investigated this and said there's no there there. Here's Haspel. There were two reviews done of the tapes to compare them to the written record. One of those was undertaken by the Office of General Counsel. The second was undertaken by the Office of the Inspector General. In both cases, they found that the written record was detailed, accurate, and complete. So the consistent legal advice, it never changed, was that there was no legal requirement to retain the tapes. But there were some uh, policy uh, objections uh, to, to disposing of the tapes. So our job uh, in, in the Office of the Deputy Director for Operations was to arrange consultations with senior leaders at the agency. At the time the tapes were destroyed, Mr. Rodriguez asked me to prepare a cable because he was going to have another conversation with then-director of the agency to talk about this issue again. Uh, it goes on from there, but basically what she's saying is that, yes, there, there were tapes that she authorized to be destroyed, not some of the more controversial tapes that were destroyed she had no knowledge of, and that gets back to the other thing on torture, she was involved in that department, and, and people have been conflating these two and accusing her of all of it when they can't get the departments right, and how can they, because so much of it is classified, they don't know. Uh, but what the inspector general and the general counsel of the CIA looked at and said they documented everything that was in these tapes. They were authorized under CIA and federal government policy to destroy the tapes because everything in the written record was complete. They didn't add or subtract anything. Uh, so they didn't need to hang on to the originals. And it's just it's all a big mumbo jumbo conspiracy to try to discredit this woman. But she really stood her ground on um, torture and on enhanced interrogation techniques. One of the things she was asked was about the enhanced interrogation techniques that were used and about the various CIA programs to draw out information from terrorists captured at Gitmo. Here's Haspel. You didn't actually answer the question, what would you do if the president ordered you to get back in that business? Senator, the, the president... Um has selected me to That's give him yes advice. No. I would not restart under any circumstances in an interrogation program at CIA under any circumstances. Thank you. Pretty straightforward there. She went on. Um, that is why I support the fact that we have chosen to hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard. But that's about Congress and all of us. I want to know what you think. I think that we should hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard, and I would never allow CIA to be involved in uh, coercive interrogations. Where was that moral compass at the time? Senator, that was uh, 17 years ago, and it's... You know, CIA, like uh, the U.S. Army and the U.S. Marine Corps, um, is an organization. It's a large bureaucracy. And when you're out in the trenches at far-flung outposts in the globe and Washington says, here's what we need you to do, this is legal, the Attorney General has deemed it so, the President of the United States is counting on you no, to I prevent you another attack. Legal. I'm sorry? I know you believed it was legal. I want to see... I want to feel, I want to trust that you have the moral compass that you said you have. You're giving very legalistic answers to very fundamentally moral questions. 
Senator, I, you know, the, we've provided the committee uh, every evaluation since my, my training report when I first joined in 1985. In all of my assignments, I have conducted myself honorably and in accordance with U.S. law. My parents raised me right. I know, right. So I know the difference between right and wrong. But they didn't like that, so she went on and made it very clear where she stands on this issue. Senator, I believe that CIA officers to whom you referred... It's a yes or no answer. Do you believe the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? I'm not asking do you believe they were legal. I'm asking do you believe they were immoral? Senator, I believe that CIA it's did extraordinary yes no work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized Please to use. Please answer yes or no. Do you believe in hindsight that those techniques were immoral? Senator, what I believe sitting here today is that I support the higher moral standard we have decided to hold ourselves Can you to. Please answer the question. Senator, I, I think I've answered the question. No, you've not. Do you believe the previous techniques, now armed with hindsight, do you believe they were immoral? That's Kamala Harris, the, the nut job from California. And Gina Haspel repeatedly said that she would not engage and she would resign before doing something she thought was immoral. Now, what, what Harris wanted to do was put her into a gotcha, and she was very smart there. Because if she said no, then it opens a bag of worms. If she said yes, then it opens a bag of worms. If she says yes, well, then why didn't you resign then? If she said no, well, then why don't you think so based on everything else? It was a no-win situation for Haspel. She was smart not to answer the way Kamala Harris wanted. And, and what you need to hear from that is not Gina Haspel's answer, but the fact that Kamala Harris is not a grown-up in the room. She has the convenience of our safety in the United States right now uh, to be an idiot on national TV questioning someone who put her life on the line trying to keep the United States free, something Kamala Harris has never done, and I don't know that she would if given the choice between, say, the Russians and us or the, the commies in China and us, she'd probably side with the other side, get, just given where she is on the issues. I mean, this is a woman who is deeply hostile to a traditional American worldview, to conservatism in the United States. She's just kind of a a nutty left-wing progressive who, God help us, may want to run for president. Let me have a brief timeout for this week's sponsor, and that would be Quip, uh, which is a fantastic toothbrush. I love my Quip toothbrush. I have been using it for a while. Uh, the truth is most of us are probably brushing our teeth wrong anyway, not long enough. We forget to change our brush. Uh, I know for the longest time I went without changing my brush, and I didn't realize it actually sharpens. When you brush your teeth, it actually sharpens the bristles, and in the process of sharpening the bristles, you can do gum damage. You can wear off the enameling teeth, so you want to actually change your brush heads, and Quip does that. It's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes you can barely fit in the back of your mouth, and it packs just the right amount of vibration to help clean your teeth. It's got a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes while guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I really like it and it has a great subscription plan. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5 including free shipping worldwide. I actually just got new brush heads last week I think uh, for my toothbrush. Uh, so Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free by going to getquip.com slash Eric. That's G-E-T-Q-I-P. 
am I doing this right? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P. Let's try that again, shall we? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Eric. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. That's getquip.com. Folks, listen, I have been using this toothbrush now for a while. I did just get my brush heads. It is great. And really the coolest thing, they don't really sell this themselves. And I'm just, I'm telling you, you don't have to travel with a recharger. Every electric toothbrush I've ever had, you had to travel with the recharger or it was really bulky because of the batteries. This one, they have streamlined it. It's one AAA battery. It has lasted me three months and still has charge in it. Uh, but yet when they sent me the new brush head, they sent a new battery with it too. So a great, great product. Highly recommend it. Getquip.com slash Eric. We're moving on from Gina Haspel. We've opened the phone lines, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Y'all, yeah. Saudi Arabia says it is going to, to develop nuclear weapons if Iran develops nuclear weapons. And there is a huge freakout happening among the media right now who have clearly not paid any attention to the Middle East. Because Saudi Arabia went on record after the Iran deal that they did not believe that um, they would be taken care of. They did not believe that Iran would not develop nuclear weapons. They did not believe that the Obama administration would take care of Saudi Arabia. They simply didn't believe it. And because they didn't believe it, they said then that they were going to develop nuclear weapons if there was any evidence at all that Iran was developing nuclear weapons. This is not new news. Saudi Arabia has been on record about this now for a couple of years. That's the most frustrating thing about this whole whole media coverage of this. It is a reminder of just how biased the media has become uh, regarding the Iran deal. They're treating this as if it's some sensational headline that, brought, that, that Donald Trump has brought us closer to nuclear war. And yet all Saudi Arabia did was repeat its last statement. They did not believe the Iran deal would prevent the Iranians from developing nuclear weapons. And so they were going to develop nuclear weapons if there was any hint of Iran doing it. And they've come out today and said nothing has changed. If Iran develops nuclear weapons, we're going to develop nuclear weapons. Nothing has changed. It's just the media has so much hostility for the president that they can't bear to check the facts. And it's not even really, if we're honest about it, I look, I know there's hostility to the president and the media. None of us can deny it. But part of this, a great deal of this as well, is they're just protecting their precious Barack Obama. I mean, this is all about preserving his legacy. And that's problematic because his legacy is a bad one, and a lot of it is going away thanks to the president. Now, uh, you should know there is breaking news. The Associated Press reporting Israeli army reports uh, air sirens are sounding in the Golan Heights. Uh, appears there may be an attack in that region. Uh, we will keep you posted as this story develops. But when we come back, uh, Brian Kemp's got a new ad. It is burning up the media today. Well, Don Blankenship came in third last night in West Virginia. You know, I, I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell, but he did make me laugh last night that he replied, he tweeted out a picture of himself that looked like it had cocaine all over it. 
and it said next to it, um, um, oh, what did it say next to it? Just thanks for playing, Don. That's what it said. Thanks for playing, Don. And underneath it had the Team Mitch logo. <laughs> Just, you know, Blankenship's the one who ran the ad calling Mitch McConnell cocaine Mitch. And then, crazy enough, uh, Don Blankenship had a uh, press conference today where he attacked the media for defining his campaign by calling Mitch McConnell cocaine Mitch. <laughs> Just the guy was insane. It was funny to see so many people convinced Don Blankenship was going to win. And it really does make you question the polling there because the other campaign's internal polling. Uh, and, and I have reached out to one of the campaigns I, I'm familiar with. Uh, I know the candidate, know his staff. And they're, yeah, the, uh, the, polling, the polling showed Blankenship ahead. There was a high number of undecideds, uh, but his his advertisements, the backfire, the coming across as a crazy man, really hurt him. Now, um, someone who is out there running an ad trying to stand out for the pack is Brian Kemp. He's got a new ad out. It's called So Conservative. I have some thoughts on it. I want to play it first for you if you haven't heard it. It's actually, you know, just full disclosure, we, we did have a candidate send me an ad and ask if I would play it. And I asked if they were on TV with it. They said, no, uh, I am not playing advertisements for people to give free airtime. I'm playing the advertisements that actually are in circulation on TV and radio in Georgia. So you can get a sense of what the candidates are doing. I, I'm not giving people free airtime here. Uh, so this, this ad is up now for Brian Kemp as we headed to the polls. I'm Brian Kemp. I'm so conservative. I blow up government spending. I own guns that no one's taking away. My chainsaw's ready to rip up some regulations. I got a big truck just in case I need to round up criminal illegals and take them home myself. Yep, I just said that. I'm Brian Kemp. If you want a politically incorrect conservative, that's me. A politically incorrect conservative? Oh, you know, I really liked his first ad with Jake. Uh, that Jake's gonna, Jake wants to date his girlfriend and needs to understand. I'm, I just, I was having a conversation today with a political consultant. Uh, we were talking about the Kegel camp, and I, I look. You go to grassroots Republican meetings around the state. There isn't a ton of love for Kegel. That uh, he, he there, there's begrudging respect for him. He's been there as the lieutenant governor, but there's not a lot of love there. Uh, for him among grassroots activists. And there's there's probably more love among grassroots activists for Brian. But one of the things I hear from people, even those who, who aren't, don't particularly care for Casey Cagle, with the exception of the Delta thing, which everybody knows he's going to give them the tax break if he gets elected governor, is that he, he really hadn't put on a lot of airs. And I just, I, I feel like this is... Brian kind of struggling to stand out from the back. Now, to his credit, um, in being a little bit audacious with his campaign ad, he's telling people what he thinks. I mean, you're paying attention to the ad, but he's giving you his policy profiles. To his credit, he's not attacking any of the other candidates. 
Uh, he's just saying, this is what I'll do. And and his ad is getting lots of media attention. The last one did, too. Uh, if nothing else, uh, Brian Kemp has been able to get far more national media attention for his advertisements than any of the other candidates. Uh, and what he's doing in attracting that attention is he's getting people to focus, um, not just on the commercial, but when they listen to it, what his policy proposals are. And they are sound, good, conservative policy proposals. No one can fault them. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm just not sure about this. I like the last one. I'm not as sure about this one, nonetheless. You know, before we get out of here, on Brian Kemp's commercials, I'm really glad he seems to be fairly confident he's going into a runoff. I'm really glad he hasn't decided to go negative on everybody. To his credit, he is running a campaign about himself and his ideas. And it's somewhat unfortunate, I think, to see some of the other candidates uh, who who went negative uh, to start with. I mean, I I told the, the Clay Tippins that I mean, who, who is a, a good guy uh, and he would be a great governor. But I told him I thought his his ad um, attacking Cagle and and Hunter Hill spoke poorly of him because he hadn't defined himself yet. He hadn't made it about himself uh, and was going after them. And I, I wish he had run his last ad. His closing ad is on having been a SEAL and, and he'll make Georgia work. He'll fight human trafficking. Really good ad. I wish he had done that one before going on the attack on the other. So it, it's to, to that extent, I'm glad I'm not crazy about this ad of, of Kemp's, but I'm glad he has run thus far just a, a positive. I'm Brian Kemp. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. And this is what I would do as governor. I'm glad he ran that sort of ad. Uh, without going on the attack with everybody else. Yo, I'm really skeptical of this story about Michael Cohen. Um, And look, I'm not a Michael Cohen fan. I, I have reasons to not be a Michael Cohen fan. I will get into with you. Um, But I... I'm I'm skeptical of this story that came from Stormy Daniels' lawyer that now supposedly others have confirmed that he got payments from a Russian oligarch um, if, during the Stormy Daniels. I'm just, none of this stuff really makes sense to me. Actually, it does make sense if you believe that this is an effort by people just to rush out there with accusations. We now know that several of the uh, supposed payments to Michael Cohen were actually made to other people named Michael Cohen. And everybody's getting this stuff wrong. I just, there there are some questions and they are legitimate questions being raised by, about Michael Cohen. But it seems like the issue is on the corporations that did pay him. Like, for example, Novartis, the pharmaceutical company. We know Novartis paid Michael Cohen, that actual Michael Cohen, the one who's close to the president. And they paid him over a million dollars and then never used him. And they're saying, well, we we entered into a contract with him. It turns out that he was of no use to what we needed, but the contract said we had to pay him. There was no out for us, so we had to pay him to get out of the contract. Y'all, I was a contracts attorney. And um, let me just tell you, that when a contracts attorney writes a contract where you're hiring someone who claims to be able to help and then can't, you put clauses in there to get out of the contract when they're of no use to you, unless you're paying that person a kickback. 
you're, you're, you're paying that person because he's close to someone. You want to be in their good graces. Yes, that happens, but it's not Michael Cohen's fault. He benefited. It's Novartis's fault. It is 9 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I want to spend a little bit of time. We don't need to take a ton of time on this Michael Cohen situation. It does appear that AT&T, Novartis, and a Russian oligarch paid... Michael Cohen. I, I want to be careful, though, on the Russian oligarch because I'm a little bit skeptical of that claim, although I'm seeing multiple media outlets now confirm uh, that this is so. Uh, but that one uh, originated with Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and so I'm just really skeptical of the of the rush to confirm the, the oligarch one, but even the, the Daily Caller, a conservative site, is, is saying that it appears a Russian oligarch did pay him. What we do know is that AT&T and Novartis paid him millions of dollars um, to represent them, AT&T, to, to represent them almost as a lobbyist. Same with Novartis, too. Essentially, uh, Novartis's people saying on background to various media outlets that they didn't know anything about the president or his incoming team. Uh, Michael Cohen was willing to help them. The president was attacking pharmaceutical companies. They needed someone on the inside, and it turns out he was of no use at all. AT&T has a very similar story that Michael Cohen was of no use at all. There's one interesting bit some people have pulled out that uh, Michael Cohen went to in was seen by reporters on Jan in January of last year before the inauguration, headed into his office in Trump Tower, and about 15 minutes later, Randall Stevenson, the CEO of AT&T, showed up. And obviously the implication the media wants you to make is that, oh, he was there and, and doing some level of shakedown or or Trump was setting him up. I don't, there's no evidence of that. Look, here's what happens. You've got a guy, Michael Cohen, who realized he wasn't going to the White House with his boss. He was staying behind. And he wanted to be able to cash in on everything that everybody else was being able to cash in on. And so he's, he held himself out as having unique access to the president, to the future president of the United States. What major corporation wouldn't sign the guy up? I will say this, though. I wrote contracts as a lawyer for a number of years. And AT&T and Novartis have highly skilled lawyers. You do not write a contract for someone that gives you no out but to pay them if they're worthless. And that's what AT&T and Novartis did. They wrote contracts for Michael Cohen saying that the only way out of their contracts would be to pay him the money. That's a kickback. It's a legal. It is a legal, not illegal. It's legal kickback. It totally is. And the fault is not on Michael Cohen, it's on these corporations who decided that they wanted to suck up to someone in the president's orbit. Michael Cohen sold himself as being as being close to the president. It was known he was close to the president. These companies, he took advantage of them and their infamiliarity with the president, and, and they were dumb enough to go along with it. I mean, if I was a shareholder for one of these companies, I would be really aggravated by this. 
but there was nothing illegal about this that I can see in it. He held himself out. Um, I just, I'm, I don't think that this is the massive story the media would have you believe that this is. What I've seen is kind of like the Scott Pruitt story. There are drip, 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 drip stories trying to get rid of these guys, and some of them are manufactured, some of them are retracted. I mean, for example, um, several media outlets, including CNBC, raised the issue of Michael Cohen getting other payments, including one from a guy in Kenya. And it turns out that they were other Michael Cohen. You know, Michael Cohen is actually a fairly common name. And other people were getting payments, and yet they were listed in this document. I want to know how. That's the bigger question here. That's the bigger story. Not that Michael Cohen got this money, but how does anybody know he got this money? The Southern District of New York probably isn't leaking. Probably. The special prosecutor, I mean, even the Trump team by and large, uh, Trump's lawyers say that the, the Mueller investigators don't leak. That most of the leaks come from Trump's team. But there's another interesting angle. It's not getting much press coverage this evening. I have been tipped off to it and have confirmed it. So I have been tipped off to the story. It is uh, now I can say it is legit. It is now beginning to trickle out into various media outlets. I see CNN is now reporting it and others um, that the Treasury Department is looking into whether some bureaucrat, a social justice warrior bureaucrat within the Department of Treasury, has leaked information regarding Michael Cohen's finances from either his tax returns or from filings as a uh, lobbyist or for as an agent on behalf of a foreign government. Uh, were any of these related files released? Because uh, uh, some of these, this information would be there as a lobbyist with the government with various filings for the government. Um, he would have to file them. So the question is, is another social justice warrior leaking information to try to undermine the president and people around the president? And that appears to be what the government is thinking tonight and is looking into that, violating Michael Cohen's privacy. Uh, and it is a violation of privacy, not just a violation of his privacy. It's a violation of other people's privacy as well. And one of the issues that has tipped people off to um, the government investigation and looking to see if it is coming through the Treasury Department is uh, Treasury files on international wire transfers that are kept. And it would be very odd for Stormy Daniels' lawyer to be able to compile a list of wire transfers to Michael Cohen when it turns out that several of the people he listed weren't that Michael Cohen, but other Michael Cohens who were in the country receiving wires from people out of the country. The only depository of that information would be the United States Department of Treasury. So it appears some social justice warrior within the government may be leaking and there's an investigation to see now buddy of mine texted me and says what the heck is an oligarch uh, i've been using that word a russian oligarch uh, it did pay him so you know after the fall of the soviet union there was an anarchic situation in russia and a number of prominent families there began buying up the government resources as Boris Yeltsin privatized the the country. Gazprom, the big uh, natural gas outlet, was bought. Um, some of the oil industry were bought. Uh, the aviation industry and the telecom industry, all of these were bought by Russian families. And they're called the Russian oligarchs because essentially an oligarchy is a, com is a country 
run by a handful of very powerful people together as opposed to an autocracy or a totalitarian regime where it's one dictator. Um, these Russian oligarchs, they're billionaires who have a great deal of say in how the Russian economy is run. Uh, Boris, or Vladimir Putin actually has chased a number of them out of the country and taken all their money as much as he could. Um, many of these, these families were essentially Russian mobsters and have billions of dollars uh, and are trying to now legitimize themselves. Uh, but they are referred to as the Russian oligarchs who, after the fall of the Soviet Union, held a great deal of sway within Russia. Uh, and Vladimir Putin is at war with a number of them, and they with him, privately, behind the scenes, mostly using finance and money as weapons. Uh, that's the whole setup there. One of them, one of these Russian oligarchs, one who is friendly with Putin, paid Michael Cohen, uh, I think I, I read it was $150,000 shortly after he made the payment to Stormy Daniels, and people are putting two and two together, but we've already established that the president paid Michael Cohen, so why did he need the money from the Russian oligarch? What you see here is is you've got these media conspiracy theorists with one of those cork boards where they're drawing strings, attaching things, trying to look for patterns, and saying, oh, this is it. As if they figured something out. And I don't think they figured anything out. They're just throwing stuff out there. They're making stuff up, if you will. Let me have a brief timeout for this week's sponsor, and that would be Quip, uh, which is a fantastic toothbrush. I love my Quip toothbrush. I have been using it for a while. Uh, the truth is most of us are probably brushing our teeth wrong anyway, not long enough. We forget to change our brush. Uh, I know for the longest time I went without changing my brush, and I didn't realize it actually sharpens. When you brush your teeth, it actually sharpens the bristles, and in the process of sharpening the bristles, you can do gum damage. You can wear off the enameling teeth, so you want to actually change your brush. Heads and Quip does that. It's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes you can barely fit in the back of your mouth, and it packs just the right amount of vibration to help clean your teeth. It's got a built in timer that helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes while guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I really like it, and it has a great subscription plan. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars, including free shipping worldwide. I actually just got new brush heads. Last week, I think, uh, for my toothbrush. Uh, so Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free by going to getquip.com slash Eric. That's G-E-T-Q-I, am I doing this right? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P. Let's try that again, shall we? G-E-T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash Eric. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. That's getquip.com. Folks, listen, I have been using this toothbrush now for a while. I did just get my brush heads. It is great. And really the coolest thing, they don't really sell this themselves. And I'm just, I'm telling you, you don't have to travel with a recharger. Every electric toothbrush I've ever had, you had to travel with the recharger or it was really bulky because of the batteries. This one, they have streamlined it. It's one AAA battery. It has lasted me three months and still has charge in it. Uh, but yet when they sent me the new brush, they sent a new battery with it too. So a great, great product. Highly recommend it. Getquip.com slash Eric. The Boy Scouts, we need to talk about them. The Mormon Church uh, is walking away from the Boy Scouts. A hundred-year relationship. Uh, 20% of Boy Scouts in the United States of America 
are in the Mormon church. Another 40 to 45% or so are affiliated with other Christian churches uh, and some Muslim groups in there. I mean, it, basically more than it, roughly 60%, I think I read earlier today, 60, 65% of scout troops are affiliated with churches in this country and the overwhelming majority of those are either they're, they're Mormon or they're evangelical Christian churches and those are the people who are walking away from the Boy Scouts um, whether it was over allowing gay scout masters there were big concerns over potential abuse issues uh, then allowing in gay scouts um, because the, the Boy Scouts purportedly did possess a biblical worldview that they're throwing out the window when they they e embrace uh, secularism they're allowing in transgender scouts now allowing in Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts the Mormons are walking away uh, this is really the death of scouting. Now, it will linger on, as all things do in the world today. Scouting will linger on in some form. There will be people who who have scouts, but, I mean, it's it's dwindling now. The numbers are in decline because what the Boy Scouts did is they made a calculation that it was more important for them to be popular and liked than to actually figure out who a Boy Scout is and what they can do to support them. This is another entity that Rex Tillerson oversaw to its demise. Tillerson was in charge of the Boy Scouts before he ruined the State Department. Uh, and a bunch of corporate executives who are liberal decided they needed to liberalize the Boy Scouts uh, in opposition to the stated values of the Boy Scouts. And now after a hundred year relationship, 20% of the membership of the Scouts will be going away. In addition to the other 40, 45% that are walking away from evangelical churches in this country. Um, know who your business is and is not. This desire, this need, this craving to be liked by the world uh, really can hurt your business. And the Boy Scouts are going to find out a, a very terrible lesson in that regard. It is... I started to say 39 degrees. It's 39 after the hour. I was just sitting here thinking, listen to Brad Hitz talking about it being 90 degrees. I saw Justin Farmer from WSB-TV mention yesterday uh, that we haven't had 90-degree temperatures in Georgia since the end of September last year. It's been that long since it's gotten to 90 degrees or higher. That's a pretty long time to go without 90 degrees. Well, it's coming back. Who knows what we'll have this summer. Nonetheless, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. There, there's a, it is a silly story, but it's worth talking about for just a minute. Chris Pratt, um, the actor, uh, Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers. He's also in the Jurassic uh, World and the new the sequel is coming out. He makes $2 million more than Bryce Howard, who is Ron Howard's uh, daughter, who is a, a friend of a friend of mine, actually. Um, uh, both, by the way, apparently from multiple friends of mine who know them, super people, uh, really just genuinely nice people. And Chris Pratt is making $2 million more than her, and people are outraged by it. Um, Y'all, if I say Chris Pratt... 
how many of you can picture him in your head? If I say Bryce Howard, how many of you can picture her in your head? Who do you think is more likely to generate people going to see the movie? Bryce or Chris? Who, who, who do you think is going to, who's, who's going to do that? I mean, this is all about the box office economics. Oh, and by the way, get better agents too. There's that issue as well. Get better. It's like the the Claire Foy in uh, The Crown uh, on Netflix. If you've never seen The Crown, my wife and I, we don't watch a lot of TV in common. We don't have similar tastes when it comes to popular culture. She is way stuck in the 80s, but that's another matter. I heard her listening to Vanilla Ice and Duran Duran earlier. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. Nonetheless... After hearing the Ice Ice Baby song and seeing this headline, it reminded me of the Claire Forge story where she got paid less than, what's his name, Matt Smith, I believe, who played uh, the Duke of Edinburgh in The Crown. Now, he just so happens to have been a Doctor Who. He may not be well known in the United States, but pretty famous in Great Britain. And she was not. She was an unknown, and she wasn't paid as much, even though she was the queen. Why wasn't she paid more? And in, in all of this this stuff about the Me Too and the treatment of women and, and equality and whatnot, we, we're kind of losing our sense of economics here. And the economics of it aren't just going to go away. Chris Pratt is a larger star than Bryce Howard, whether you want to admit it or not. He's more likely to draw people to the box office. He's more well-known. He gets paid more. That's the way it works. I mean, the same thing happens in radio. The people who've been around longer and, and are more known and have better ratings tend to get paid more. It happens in, in most businesses. Those of you who've been around the block more, you bring in better business. You're, you're a lawyer who has more clients who can bring more business to your firm. You're going to get paid more. Being a woman has nothing to do with it, and yet you got all this nonsense. And now I see um, liberal women on Twitter attacking Gina Haspel today, up for CIA director, saying that, that the problem is that she's not a feminist. She just benefited from feminism. Apparently, the women who aren't feminists but benefit from feminism are actually happier, nicer people with a better sense of humor and are far more successful in the world. Just absolutely ridiculous. All the angry feminists out there, she's not one of us. No, she's more competent, qualified, and has a better job. Now, if y'all have any suggestions for Mother's Day, you can tweet me at E.W. Erickson because I am racking my brain on what to do with my wife. I mean, she gets Sherry's Berries and my mom gets Sherry's Berries, but I got to do something else for my wife and I don't know what to do. And I always have this problem. She's so hard to buy for. I feel like I should buy her like, like quilting stuff because she loves to make quilts, but then... That feels like I'm giving her work stuff. It'll be like getting her a, a vacuum cleaner or something, and I don't want to do that, but I'm a terrible gift buyer, so I have no idea. Suggestions are welcome. Maybe I should just, like, hire someone to take our kids for the day so she can sleep. Hey, maybe I should do that. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Help appreciated. I'm blinking SOS right now. Y'all, I do not believe this NBC uh, report on Matt Lauer. I, I just don't. For those of you who don't know, NBC has done an internal investigation claiming they found no sexual harassment related to Matt Lauer. I cannot play for you on the air the roast that was conducted in New York behind closed doors 
um, with uh, Jeff Zucker, who's now at CNN, then the the head of NBC, with Katie Couric, uh, Meredith Vieira, and others all making jokes about Matt Lauer's sexual proclivities in the office. I can't play it for you because it's too vulgar for a, a radio at this time of day. You'd have to go over to satellite radio to hear it. I do not believe them. You know, one of the things that Fox News did, uh, you can fault Fox, however you want to fault Fox News, that's okay. But they hired an outside firm to conduct an internal review. They didn't do it themselves. They hired an outside firm to audit it, and they they found women coming forward in droves to complain about uh, Bill O'Reilly and others. A number of people, including O'Reilly, lost their jobs at Fox. Uh, Eric Bowling lost his job. Bill O'Reilly lost his job. Roger Ailes lost his job. Roger Ailes lost his job at Fox. All of these things happened because they hired an outside firm to conduct a review. NBC hasn't done that. They've done their own internal review, and typically when a corporation does its own internal review, it is a CYA review. I will not tell you what that stands for. You can look it up. They were covering themselves, trying to build liability protection, and clearly they were in a climate where people did not feel safe coming forward. I just, I do not believe it. Um, I'm sure more women are going to turn up now. They will be um, inspired now to come forward and call BS on what NBC has done. Lots of letters there I'm using. You will have to navigate that yourself. Uh, Bank of America is going to continue representing some gun stores. You know, Bank of America, trying to be a good little social justice warrior, has come out and said that it wasn't going to allow uh, gun companies to continue to use Bank of America. All little social justice warriors were happy. Well, now they are kind of walking it back at Bank of America. They will do some. Uh, some that they have pre-existing relationships with they can't get out of. And the social justice warriors are mad at Bank of America. You know... This is one of those things where I, I'm. I, there's a big difference between what the government does and what a private business does. But it is very clear in my mind, and I'm not sure what the solution is, it's very clear that the left is taking advantage of this um, by essentially saying that they're going to use corporations to censor because it's legal. And they're essentially using a left-wing mob to silence conservatives on a host of issues from transgenderism to guns to abortion to you name it. I mean, there are some companies like Google apparently isn't taking any ads in Ireland, not accepting any ads from groups about the abortion referendum there, which helps the, the repeal side um, because they're in the media.